Welcome to episode 83 of the World Triathlon Podcast, where we follow up our recent chat with the 2023 Women's World Champion Beth Potter, with a revealing hour in the company of our new Men's World Champion Dorian Connings. It's a brilliantly honest assessment of his early career and how he turned his raw and often volatile competitive instincts into something altogether more productive, coming to terms with the highs and lows of top-tier sport in order to achieve what he always knew he was capable of. He reveals how he plotted his way to the top and what it would take to stay there through the biggest year of his life next year and the prospect of a home Olympic Games in Paris. Thanks as always for listening. And don't forget you can watch back those incredible races from Pontevedra and the Paris Test event on triathlonlive.tv where this weekend we will have the penultimate round of the World Cup circuit live from Miyazaki at Japan where episode 70 guest Gwen Jorgensen looks to make it four wins on the bounce and Kenji Nenna, whose chat on here back in 2021 on episode 33 is well worth a listen, goes for what would be a famous home win in Japan. That's Saturday morning local time in the middle of the night in Europe. But for now, here's Dorian. Salut, Dorian. Salut. How are you doing? I'm good. Blonde hair is gone. Yeah, sure. <laughs> getting uh getting too two tone was it? Did it yeah, just, uh, exactly. Uh, but the rules was too long and uh, <laughs> so I cut everything. Yeah. Was the initial the initial blonde was just before Paris, wasn't it? Before the test event, or was it a bit mm-hmm. before that? No, it was like before um, before I went to the training camp in Formula, so like a month before by. Right. Because I, I knew I wasn't gonna see. A lot of people there so i was comfortable with that because <laughs> i guess to the sort of outside world it's perhaps not obvious that ahead of a race like paris and with a team like the french team do it as well as it is and always looking so on the same page when it comes to racing the fact that you don't actually train very much together and I, yeah, all very much kind of do your own thing. It's perhaps not that obvious to people who may think that, yeah, it's all very much like one group and one clique, but it's not like that at all, huh? Yeah, no, not at all. We we all we have all trained together at one point, and we we all know them uh, really well and get along really well. But uh, the French Federation has always um, tried to to help us train in the way that we wanted and make, make us in the, the condition that fits uh, everybody individually. Yeah. So so I think that's why everybody has his own training group, his own way to do it. And yeah, I think it's a good thing because at least you, you're 100% uh, okay with what you're doing. So it's actually like the, the National Federation is is encouraging you to do your own thing. It's not like, because, you know, in a lot of cases, they try and it, make it, it a bit more homogenous and easier to manage, right? So they're trying to bring everyone together and do it the same way. But with you guys, it's actually actively encouraging you to do your own thing. I think that they would love us to train in the uh, French center like uh, Montpellier or Blois. It would be great for them. But they also know that it's really important for an athlete to. To, to feel well where he is and to yeah to have everything uh, in the way that he wanted so that, that's why they are doing the effort to to help us I think that yeah that's why I I see from uh, 
my perspective. And when the results are clicking as well, then I guess they have less reason to question the method, right? I remember last year talking to Leo and he had just been test running his own little path to longer distance races, actually in the middle of the WTCS season as well, right? And and I guess he must yeah, have yeah. two or three or four during last season and he found that it was helping his particularly like Olympic distance, obviously racing and building his capacity and so on. And that's not going to be the case for everybody, but, um, and then was it similar for you? So you've just done challenge via Bokor, which is your first middle race. Uh, and was that in a similar wait until the end of the season and then try something, uh, you know, to, to round off the year or is this not really the end of the year for you? Yeah, it's the end of the year. Uh, yeah. And- really tired now uh yeah i think like it's quite similar like when you are doing uh olympic distance you you are checking the results for long distance because yeah it's the same sport and and i i love the the sports in general so with the curiosity you you want to try and also it's a bit different at training and i think yeah one one kind of training can help uh like because you you it's it's good to change sometimes and and it's also yeah it, you can uh, develop some skills for for the Olympic distance even with the longer distance mm-hmm. um, so yeah I, I yeah I think sometimes uh, it's not easy for the the federation to to let us do everything because they are always worried for us to to be less strong than with another kind of training, but but uh, yeah, at the end we we, we can uh, do our launching and yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously it worked well for Pierre as well. Worked for Leo. Wait, how how did you how did it go in VI? How did you find it? Uh, yeah, it, it it wasn't that great for me. I couldn't finish. Like I struggled with the muscle uh, at the start of the run, right. Uh, the the weather condition was really bad and it wasn't much fun. <laughs> so, right. I, yeah, I I didn't enjoy myself in the race, but uh, the on the on the other one, the last months, like preparing this kind of race was was very fun. So maybe it was just not a good day. I don't know. Uh, maybe I will try again or not. Uh, no, I am just happy to to be holiday and I will think about that later <laughs> yeah, yeah fair enough no i was trying i was trying to sort of pick through the results a bit online but they, they weren't that straightforward i wasn't finding any name i saw obviously you were leading out the swim and it was like i, I was eight minutes eight minutes behind at the end of the bike and the last 10 kilometers were very very tough for me on yeah. the bike and then as soon as i started running it, uh yeah my muscle just fall apart like from everywhere and I decided to stop. So yeah, that's how it went. (laughs) Have you come to the end of this season feeling like you've left less out there than ever before? You know, if you're stacking up your, your end of seasons versus others, and obviously this being the title winning season, but you've taken out a lot more, but do you feel like you've actually like physically, mentally put in an awful lot more to this season as well? I think actually I was less exhausted than the other season. Yeah. Because uh, I raced less at the end. Like 
I think it was my ninth race, the challenge Yubuko, which yeah. is not much. Um, it wasn't a long, a lot of, um, big, uh, big travel, like not, no big flights or, uh, except, except Yokohama. And, um, after every race, I had time to, to rest and then time to train again and time to race before the race. So, so no, actually it was quite, uh, an easy season. And I think also because like when, when the season you have ups and downs mentally, uh, it's really demanding to start training again, start racing again. You are always wondering how the shape is going to be on the next races. But on, on that part, it was really smooth for me. So now actually the, the season wasn't so, so exhausted, exhausting, right. but, uh, yeah, uh, uh in the other end with the, uh, after the, the title and stuff, uh, I was really happy. And so, so it, it's a lot of, uh, feelings and emotions and that, that's kind of, uh, tiring too. Yeah. Was that, was that always the plan at the start of the season to do fewer races, to have test event as the focus on as a focus and, and qualification or was that just just the way it kind of worked out as the start of the season got underway yeah it, it, it was the the plan like exactly this plan from my coach perspective um i wasn't really sure about that because i was like ah, if i'm missing like two or three races where well, i'm bad there is not much left to, to do good races you know so i wasn't sure to to follow this plan i wanted to race a bit more but after every good races, I was a bit more confident in this plan because yeah, everything was okay. So it was easier for me to say, I think you're right. I don't need to do so many races if uh, every races are going well. So yeah, at the end, I followed the, the plan that we, that we put uh, in plus uh, in the beginning of the year. Yeah. So it was only, but it, what, yeah, you obviously started in, in Abu Dhabi. So Montreal and Hamburg were always planned to not go to. No, because I, I wanted to, to go to Formule and to be in a good shape, to have a good training camp. So if I I was racing these uh, two races, I had to go to Formule a bit later. And also I knew that I was going to be in the beginning tired of the races and the travel. So that's why I, I, I didn't go there yeah and because also the the main uh, focus of the of the season was to get the qualification in paris so to get the podium in paris and i i wanted to have a good uh, uh, a good ranking for the championship but it was not the the first focus so uh, yeah uh, i didn't yeah it was not a big deal if i missed one races because you were yeah it was not the the goal. At the same time, if you're if you're in form, you're feeling good, the results are going well. There's the school of thought that is of just keeping racing as well, right? Like, did you feel a little bit torn between? Yeah, uh, at one point you you're a bit uh, frustrated because you are I, no, I'm, I'm feeling good. I'm having good races, so it's the time to race. But I I, I also knew that. I, I had good races and I was feeling good because 
I had time be between the races. So yeah, it's really tricky to, to figure out what's the, the best thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll pick through Paris and Ponte Vedra, obviously, um, to come, but, uh, good to sort of rewind things with you a bit as well. And just, uh, yeah, the, the kind of the story of, of Dorian from an early age. So yeah, you, you grew up in Eschirol, right? Is that how you, yeah. well, you really pronounce it? But in, which yeah, is that's, that's good. Venobla. Close to Gronab. Yeah. It's, it's a little city next to Gronab. Quite a small town in the, what, just on the edge of the Alps there? Yeah, it's like in the Alps. Yeah. Um, it, uh, there, there is mountain, mountain all, uh, everywhere, uh, around the place. But uh, Grenoble is really low, like 200 meters from sea level. So it's, um, you, there is no, no place to, to see, uh, far away. It's always wherever you watch it. So just one thing on your way. Yeah. Which, which I love. Was that like something as a kid that kind of fueled your adventure that it wasn't like these things are penning you in. You were more like, right, I want to get up there and see what's around and my my grandparents were living like in the mountains so on holidays or for weekend or stuff but i was always in the mountains and it was uh it was good fun <laughs> there were so many things to do as a kid and not as a kid there were yeah so many activities if you if you like being outside and so yeah, they were always trying to burn off a bit of excess energy in you, were they? You were the kind of kid that was like needing to be entertained and occupied and Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. School uh, school wasn't the, the the easy part. Staying sit on a on a chair it wasn't that great for me. <laughs> but for for triathlon specifically, is that is Grenoble does it have a team on the um Grand Prix circuit or what was the nearest what is the nearest team to there and is that was that your first like exposure to the sport or how did that all come about? Um, no, there, there was no team for French Compre or anything. Um, I, I knew about triathlon uh, a bit late. Like I thought triathlon, I was 17. Um, the, and I straight get my license, uh, in a team, which was one hour, uh, from my, uh, from Grenoble, when I arrived from Grenoble. But, um, with the, um, the mountains and the, the lake and it's a good place to, to practice triathlon. So there is still a lot of, uh, person doing triathlon in Grenoble. I was doing a lot of uh, swimming, right? Like, uh, at, I think I, I, at 15, I was uh, swimming 10 times a week. So yeah, it helps me a lot to, to yeah, switch yeah. to triathlon. And that was it a sort of national competition level? Were you traveling around France competing as well? Uh, for swimming? Yeah. 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 Um, I, I was doing the French championship and never international. Mm -hmm. I wasn't that far. I was trying to qualify for the junior Europeans at the time, but, uh, I never did. And, uh, when I, uh, discovered triathlon, it was a friend, um, a friend of me who used to swim with me, start a triathlon. So he pushed me to try with him and yeah, it, it felt good. Uh, I already, um, loved, uh, biking and running at the time, but it was just like as a hobby. 
and um, so it was kind of natural for me to to go first from swimming to triathlon yeah. and it worked uh, pretty well on the first uh, race is like one hours you work you work pretty well so it's always uh, nice to to do a spot where you you feel that you, you have potential and that's why i uh, i stopped training more and i, I stopped swimming for all triathlon and what so what year was that? What, what you were seventeen, but that was what? Uh, 2000 and, I think it eight. was uh, twenty eleven, and uh, I did my first um, French Championship. I get uh, third, I think, and so the the federation uh, bring me to the. It was the youth Europeans, the where there is a team relay like with three person. I don't know if it still exists. I think so, and. Uh, so yeah, it was the the, the first uh, first moment in the with the French team, and it was awesome to be with the French team and and doing the training camp with them. Uh, so I wanted a bit more, so I I trained a little bit more to, and it was like always like this, just wanted a bit more. Yeah, yeah. But so within two years, you're like, you know, you're junior world champion in London in 2013 or before, let's say before world champion like that, just the, the idea of qualifying and going to that championship must have been absolutely huge for you. Like that, yeah, was this was yeah. kind of one of your first international competitions as well? And certainly against, I guess, the, the caliber of uh, opponent that you were lining up with. Yeah, exactly. Like the the first uh, the first uh, time I went to the European Championship was one year before in 2012. I think it was a lot or something, and it was the first time for me taking a flight uh, a plan. So <laughs> it was like a big thing, like going for European Championship, taking a flight. I was so excited, and I raced there. I couldn't. Uh, no, see, I went there, then to um, Auckland for the World Championship in 2012. Oh yeah, and uh, Dude, that was so, a long flight for someone who's not used to airplanes. That was exactly my my second flight was the longer long I ever I ever take since since now. <laughs> it's so long. It looks like a nightlife country, but it's taking two kilometers to be there. Yeah, but yeah, so yeah. That's that's why it was motiv- motivated me that much because everything was new. Like every year, I was doing a lot of new things and going to a lot of new places. And yeah, it was really exciting at the time. But but also, I think like when you are junior, you you are not wondering like about uh, recovery that much. About uh, ah, am I gonna be in shape? Like you just you just want to to go full gas from the beginning to the end. Yeah, I would, I wasn't, yeah, wondering anything about, uh, like if it's good or not to do this or, so I think it, it helps you when, uh, when you have a long travel to, to be just, uh, following the, the, the lead of the, the others. <laughs> yeah. I'm just looking at the, the other athletes that were there in in Auckland um so like Hella Haynes finished just outside the top 10 Engine Dana as well uh Tyler Mizelchuk finishing fourth was Christian Bloodenfeld 
So, and presumably, well, or maybe had you battled some of those guys in Eliat the year before as well? Or was this pretty much your first experience with, you know? Uh, no, I, I remember Christian. Like, it's funny because I told you in 2011 that I raced uh, the Europeans uh, use uh, relay. And uh, the day after, there was an open races. And um, I was doing the race and I wanted to, to win. And I saw the short, short and uh, a bit fat guy like starting full gas. And uh, I, I, I remember thinking, ah, it will last like for one kilometer and then I will catch up and and be faster than him. But actually it was Christian and I never caught him <laughs> during the race. So yeah, on my first, very first uh, international race, um, I knew who was Christian. Right. <laughs> Amazing. No, yeah, yeah. I, I think because I raced the European Championship like four months before, most of the, I knew a big part of the, of the guys. Um, yeah, I discovered the other part, like the non-European part. And then heading into London in 2013, were you already, you're in London and you beat two Brits right to the, to the top of the podium. Uh, uh, you know, in their own backyard. Yeah, yeah, it's like I really wanted to to win. Like I've been thinking about uh, about it for a year. I wanted to win this race right. because the the previous year in Auckland I had some uh, mechanical issues and I was That's... okay. This year I want to be uh, strong enough to uh, to win, even if I have mechanical issues. That's why that's what I, I told my coach at the time. So yeah. I, I have always been very really, uh, competitive, and so I think it helps me uh, for training and motivation and stuff. But it has also been a problem at one point, like after junior, when you going to the elite category, and it's not uh, as easy because always it's very really, everybody is very really strong and. Sometimes uh, after 10Ks on the bike, you have to feel uh, smashed and you have to continue and you know that you're, there is no way to win. And I was getting frustrated really fast and that's why I had that much um, DNF. Um, so yeah, there's not always been um, some, something who helped me, like the wanted to, to win. Uh, all, all the time. Well, you mean as in like your own race management, like pushing too hard in certain spots? Yeah, or... exactly. Like uh, pushing too hard because you just want to be in the front, but after one kilometer, you already go. You 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 can't do anything, and you just stop because you are high outside of the top ten, and it's shit is useless. Like, no, I know that it's. You have to continue and you have to race until the end. And I have learned to respect uh, any positions, you know, like to, to fight for any places. But well, at the time, it was uh, not as easy for me. Um, I was like, as soon as I was not in the position that I wanted to or in the top 10 or anything, I would rather stop instead of having a bad race. Yeah. Um, but it's you can't race like that all the time and you can't uh, 
progress if you are doing that all the time. So it has been a lot of work for me to to figure that out. Did the team have to kind of talk to you about this and sort of bring it out of you, or was it just something that you had had to realize on your own, or that after a certain couple of races you're like, like this can't this can't carry on like this? Or uh, I think like the first year uh, it was uh, 2015, 2016. Nobody told me anything because obviously sometimes uh, I, I was really bad and I wasn't finishing the race. But the time after, I, I was having really good uh, really results. Yeah. So it was right. uh, up and down all the time. And because uh, I think because I was young, the, the federation didn't tell me anything like it was okay, what's happened? And okay, it's going to be better next time. And, so it took me time to figure that out. But uh, uh, after the Olympics in 2016, I understood that some something wasn't going the way it should. And that's when I stopped uh, uh, working with uh, the mental coach, okay. the, the name. So, and, and he tells me a Psychologist specifically, you mean, or? Oh yeah, exactly. A sports psychologist, and it, it helped me a lot, but it took a lot of time too. And I think I could um, save one or two years uh, if I stopped earlier. But yeah. you yeah. need to to realize, like on your own, that you need that because if you are, I think if you are starting to to work with a sports uh, psychologist. Just because somebody told, told you to, it will not be as efficient as if it's because you feel the need to, to do it. Yeah. Plus, you'd won the junior world title in 2013, then the under-23 followed the year later, right? So, like you said, when, there's, when it's clicking and it's clicking and you're on that trajectory, there's not many people that are going to be brave enough to sort of step in if you're looking a bit hot-headed or... Yeah. yeah, yeah, but like you said, it needs to yeah, because he was doing the, the same thing every year. Like there was always there was always two races to hide the the rest of the results. So right. <laughs> when I when I was uh, taking the end of my year, I was okay. It was a good year. There is that and that, but then all the other results was DNF or forty-five places. <laughs> Were they like your real learning years then between like, I don't know, 2015 going into the Rio Olympics and then coming out and then up to was 2018 or 2019 that you won in Bermuda, 2019, wasn't it? 19, yeah. Yeah. Did you, but you were still feeling that there was something that, that needed just honing and the sports psychologist was, was like a huge help, was it? As far as kicking Yeah, he, he was, it was a huge help and it's, it still is uh, I'm still seeing him a lot uh, but um, but so yeah there was some still something that I couldn't figure figure out why some, sometimes it was on sometimes it was off uh, and I just I remember in 2018 19 I just accept that I was okay I will never find, find the uh, what what is the the thing uh, making me doing that? 
but yeah, this year, uh, apparently, uh, I, I found something, so I'm, we will see next year if I really found it or if it was <laughs> just like, <laughs> did it, not to sort of dwell on the, the psychology side of it too much, but did you find from that very first session that you went into, ah, this, this is really going to help or were there certain sessions that you came out of feeling that no. really clicked? For me, it's like, it's no magic. It's exactly like training. You are not feeling stronger after a swing session that you were before the swing session, but, uh, it, with the time, like after a few months or a few, uh, or a year doing this, you will start realizing that you are not thinking the same way that you used to think a year ago. You yeah. know what I mean? But yeah, it's that it's like training. There is no magic. You have to, to do it and do it again and work on because you, you can't really change who you are. You can just, uh, improve, improve yourself. So yeah, it's taking a lot of time and you are not always, uh, you, you, you are not always sure that you are working in the good position, in the good, uh, direction. It's, yeah. oh yeah, but it's really interesting. Uh, yeah. I, I think for the first year, like three or four years doing that. It helps me a lot uh, on the training part and also on my life, my way to, to be in the life, but not that much on the races. It was still <laughs> up and down and up and down. So, so yeah, it's, it's hard to, to figure, to figure out what works and what was just the, uh, experience in the well, of, right. of the years, but, uh, yeah. 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 So were you like, looking back, do you feel you were like a bit hot headed then as junior world champ, as under 23 world champ, do you feel like you were getting a bit carried away with yourself and feeling like maybe bigger than you actually were, or was that not really the, the case? It was, uh, not, not really the case because, uh, every time I had the good races, the next races that I had the bad races to remember that I wasn't that good. <laughs> right and uh i really think when i had the good races i it wasn't not luck i was really good i was running fast i was uh, doing good uh, bikes and so it was just keeping me um the hope that one day i could maybe uh be like world champion or something like this but you was uh Light up because, yeah, I was training, struggling too much with the consistency. Yeah. Yeah. I guess winning, winning a junior world champs, even another 23 world champs, it's quite hard to get carried away with yourself because the next logical step is either a world cup start line or a WTCS start line. And really? that jump up is so freaking massive that I can't imagine there's many people that have gone straight from one into getting a top five or a top 10 or even just feeling that they belong in that new race environment right there's definitely paying your dues learning how to mix it at the top table yeah, yeah exactly like everybody everything is faster when you are at the elite level everybody's stronger like 
when it was uh, eight people uh, for junior, now it's uh, 40 people with the same uh, level. So mm. that's the, the really hard part. You can went from the first to 40 really fast if something went, or went wrong. <laughs> um, yeah, that's the, the tough part to, to learn and it takes time. So, but when you are uh, young, you are, I was impatient. So I didn't want to take time to do this stuff. I wanted to be strong, like straight. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's why it, it was a bit uh, complicated. Yeah. And, and Rio 2016, you were still pretty young, right? How, did that qualification, uh, you know, w were you up against several other very strong contenders for the French team? Were you the obvious choice to, to join that group? How did that come about? And and did you go into that feeling like, you know, you had genuine chances there? Was it more for the experience? Um, so yeah, the, the qualification part wasn't easy because there was already a lot of uh, good French uh, trying to qualify. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I had the, the ticket at the, the last moment. Right. Um, and I, I think I put too, a bit too much energy on trying to qualify, uh, to qualify for the, these games. Right. And, and that's one of the reasons why I, uh, try to, to grow too fast. And I, I missed some step at the time, uh, with. European Cup, World Cup, I, I, I went straight to World Series and with the analysis now, I think it was a bit too fast, but yeah, it happened. And um, coming to the Olympics, uh, I had my um, my first World Series podium the same year. So I... Things were feeling good. I Yeah, I was feeling good. I, I thought uh, it was possible for me to to do the same maybe in the Olympics, but uh, there was like 3% chance because, uh, yeah, I was missing a lot of, uh, of other stuff. But right. So in fact, like coming out of Rio was, was more like, again, sort of things learned for the next campaign, was it? And sort of coming off the back of it. Hungry. Yeah, I think it was really good experience. Because it was painful at the time because I had a really bad race and a really bad year, but but uh, but it it made me do a lot of new choices, which helped me at the time to progress a lot. I don't know. Do, do you feel then that that the, the kind of consistency that obviously was like the hallmark of this season? Um, people were saying, you know, so Bermuda 2019. Obviously, that that first series win and a huge moment, and then yeah, I, I think it, um, I, I I knew I had some consistency uh, problems, and uh, that's the only thing I was working on. Um, and as I say, I kind of accepted. I was trying to fix it, but I was okay. Maybe it will it will always be like this. Uh, but uh, if I'm watching. The years after years, it has been a, a, a bit better every year. Like 2021, 20, I think it was quite good. It was always between 1 and 15, which is a, a 
a big gap, but for me, it was not that big. Really gap. To pay. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and then, uh, in 2022, I think it was a big, dif bit different because, uh, it looks like not, no, no consistency, but, uh, I had a lot of, uh, uh illness. Yeah. I was sick all the time. I had injuries and stuff. So. I, I had the, in 2022, I, I already had the feeling that, um, I step, step up a little bit with consistency and with my, uh, with my, uh, level in general, but I couldn't show, uh, so yeah, I, I think, uh, we've done really good work in the last two, three years, uh, with my coach to, to understand how, uh, oh my body was uh, walking and to adjust the training and uh, the preparation in the last days week before the the race the races to to help me with this consistent consistency consistency thing <laughs> to have had the 22 championship finals and the 23 championship finals going into both um like with a, a collective plan right and obviously 22 you you weren't feeling great right like even on no. those things the, so just starting there i suppose like the, for you was it quite a huge source of frustration that is the team there was a plan going in there was leo in great position you also you know in a great position as well but um but that you weren't able to play a part yeah. in the uh, yeah, uh, I, I crashed and I was sick before the race, so it, it doesn't help. Um, and yeah, we, I really wanted to, to help Leo on th this race because yeah, it was an easy plan. And I, uh, I haven't, uh, I hadn't a lot of things to play on for myself on this race. So, but yeah, so it was a bit frustrating to not being able to, to race with them. Because it looks like a lot of fun being a breakaway. I I used to have a lot of breakaway like five, six years ago because the races dynamic were a bit different. Yeah. I know it's most of the time a big group. So to to see them in 2020 in, uh, in the breakaway, he was really excited and a lot of uh, good hopes for the, the future. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it only stuck because well, of how hard everyone was working right you know yeah in other races there may not have been that quite that desire or that collective motivation to stay away but yeah it definitely looked had the air of the sort of pack that you would have felt very at home in the resort yeah it's it's always hard to understand how it works because even if you know that it will be good for you and like all the person in the first group know that you will be good for them to be in the breakaway it's an individual spot and you don't want to uh, push more than the other. And you want to make sure that you will be able to run after the, the bike. So it's always tricky. And I think that's why it's that's uh, hard to 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 uh, get along with the, the others and uh, to actually break away. But, uh, instead of the second pack, who are like, they are no other choice to than uh, pushing to 
catch up the, the first pack. So I think that's why it's a bit easier to organize on the second pack. I don't know. Uh, um, it worked at the end of the 2022. So we were like, okay, next year we, we know what to do. And we couldn't do it until the very last, last race. So yeah, it's, it's a complicated thing. Yeah. And when it works, it, it looks so easy as well, almost. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Why are they not doing this at the time? But we are training. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it, it's ridiculous that it was only a month ago. I don't know about you, but it feels like way longer that we were all in Pontevedra and, and it all clicked for the second time. Um, yeah. You know, you've had a month yes. world champion. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, it feels the same. It feels that it was uh, longer, especially because then I had another training block uh, for the long distance and stuff. So a lot of things happened since then. But uh, yeah, now uh, no, I'm not thinking a lot uh, about it anymore. <laughs> I watched the um, Super League races, and yeah. I was uh, I should have choose to go there instead of the long stuff that I didn't finish. <laughs> I was going to say, the offer must have been on the table for, for Super League, wasn't it? They're not the types to miss out on the opportunity of inviting a world champion. Yeah, yeah. The In the contract, I think that they had to do uh, three races uh, at the beginning. And before the grand final, it wasn't possible for me because I had to race for my uh, team, Poissy. Really? So that's the main thing why I uh, I said no, and I knew I wanted to try long distance. I, I I wanted to try for a few years now, and I never found the time to do it. So uh, I told myself, um, okay, you you will do Super League another year, and just uh, stick to the plan this year. But a bit frustrated to not to be there. But yeah, another time. <laughs> yeah, they they I smashed it. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I, I had a couple of specifics then on, on Ponte Vedra. Um, going into the race, the focus, I guess, a bit being on Alex and Hayden and Vasco and Leo to an extent. Um, did you did you feel like a bit of like your your chances were being undercooked a little bit? Were you more than happy being sort of slightly the underdog? You know, it, it was 500 points. It looked so... <laughs> kind of unlikely. Um, th there is two different things, like the race and the championship. I, I thought there was almost no chance for the the championship. So I even told my family and friends that, no, I'm not going to be world champion this year. It's not possible. Like, it's almost mad. Uh, but uh, um, but in, for the races, uh, I was feeling really good and I had a good race in Paris. And there was a thing that I wanted to try. And also because I knew that the 1% chance to be World Championship, I had to race in a certain certain way. So I was more like, uh, okay, I'm pretty good. I really want to race this race just because of this race, not because of the championship. And I want to try the few things that I have in my mind for, that I had in my mind for the last months. And uh, so, yeah, it was like I was more focused on the, the 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 game part, you know, like it was yeah. like like 
that's in your game for me. So, but what a great way yeah. to be able to go into a race like that, to be kind of quite free and thinking, I'm going to try a few things and just excited, you know, that, that, yeah, exactly. that but, was the overriding or, thing rather than nerve. Also because my, uh, my main uh, goal for the, the season was uh, Paris and I, uh, I get my uh, qualification. So the stress level was much lower uh, in Pontevedra than, than it was in Paris. It's a good. Uh, <laughs> it's a good thing to notice for next year. Did you notice from those around you on that pontoon? Did you notice a slightly like, heightened sense of nervousness and anticipation? Was there a, a you know an atmosphere that? Because quite often, even for WTCS races, it's quite relaxed, chatty, da da da. But I remember Tokyo. The pontoon felt very different, and I imagine. Certainly for Alex Hayden, Pasco Leo, it may have been a bit different. Yeah, but... I, I, I imagine that it was uh, different for for anybody, for everybody. Uh, most of the time, I think I'm one of the the guy who are really uh, nervous, and this this time it wasn't. So it felt good to to feel like this yeah. for once. Yeah, but uh, it's really understandable. Like. For Aiden, Alex, Leo, uh, maybe Vasco, like um, because there was really they were really close to to get the the title, the podium and stuff. That's why you are. It's it's normal to be more nervous because some something like you have more to lose. That's the way that I see the thing, yeah. and uh, yeah, but in a ponton. Nobody is never hundred percent relaxed, huh? so for no. it's it's not a big difference. Huh? <laughs> and you were sort of so you were between Pierre Lacour yeah. and Matt Hauser, right, on that pontoon, and able to get you kind of were able to get onto Matt's feet quite quickly. Obviously, like you were, you guys were kind of spearheading on the left hand side. Yeah, th th there was Matt and uh, Miguel Hidalgo. Yeah, we started really fast, and then we with Pierre and Leo we jump on the on their feet and so it was a really small start for us because uh there is no contact and pretty soon you you know that, that uh, the first boy will be fine yeah and yeah when you can start uh swim like this it's not always but when it's like this it's really comfortable <laughs> so even on, so yeah i mean on the second lap you kind of even made up a place i, I think so perfectly well positioned Presumably had a vague gauge of who was around you and where, having come out and gone back in. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I saw that um, we were like all the, the French. We were all to, almost all together, and uh, that the field was uh, kind of well stretched. So yeah, I try to I try to get some more place to. Um, to make sure that I had a good transition and, and then that I will be able to, to push uh, hard at the beginning of the bike. Because it was like, there was a sense of before the race of that being the kind of course where a breakaway just can't stick. Like there were so many speed bumps that were going to sort of break things up. I, uh, it's always really hard to know before the race, like on a new course, if, if it's going to be a, a 
a race that where you can break away or not. It's depending of so much thing like uh, obviously the course, but also the wind, or also how the swim went, or so uh, what the person you are cycling with is. That yeah, it's there is so much thing, and uh, I, I don't think it was because of the course or because of uh, anything that we, or because of anything else than uh, what we did. Uh, that we break away it's because uh, I think um, Matt Souser, uh stretching the field as he as he, he did on the swim helped us a lot and then uh, yeah it just went well and uh, we put a lot of effort into it on the first lap and then uh, I think every everybody start to to believe a little bit more that it was possible so we were even more uh, people walking and and yeah it it's a dynamic on the course who was the really really good not not especially the the course itself and as soon as like as soon as you were out of t2 perhaps like a little further back than you would have wanted to having come in all together but um yeah those run splits all pretty much belong to you and Pierre obviously like Morgan went off at one point right but I, I, I can't remember what was my position at the beginning of the run but uh, this year I've been used to to start a bit far away and then coming back yeah and so it, it was more like a good surprise to 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 see that my own pace was matching with the the group pace so I didn't, I didn't have that much work to do on myself uh, compared to a race like Paris. But uh, because uh, we we pushed a lot on the bike, I was, I wasn't feeling that great at the beginning of the bike, and I think it was uh, the same for everybody. <laughs> and also the the run part was really challenging on uh, Pontevedra. There was uh, obviously the hill, but also a lot of turns, and even the downhill, it's. It's not easy for the legs when you you already rode forty kilometers on your bike. <laughs> yeah, I mean it was super tight in some of those bits through the old town as well, wasn't it? Like very condensed course, not much room for. Yeah, yeah. It was good fun, like with the the tight streets, the a lot of people uh, cheering, and uh, yeah, it was different than when what, what we used to be, and uh, it was really nice. I didn't wanted to to make an, an effort uh, too hard by going straight up to the front. I saw like it was um, a big group and it, it was not uh, big on many, many small groups. So that's why I didn't try too, too fast to, to go on the front. As it played out and you must have had a, an inkling of like the fact that Hayden and Alex's races weren't going like how how quickly did you know that Alex was basically out of the picture uh, at the end of the bike I knew he was pretty good for Leo or me Vasco uh, because uh, Aiden and uh, and Alex were not there and yeah. qu- quite far and on the first lap running the first lap with a big group like 15 person or so um, I thought uh, it could be good for us because it will be more People uh, between or between us and uh, Aiden or Alex, but uh, because uh, 
Vasco and Leo was there. There was uh, still a lot of uh, things to do <laughs> to show sure. the, and I knew that I uh, I had to to be just one pla place in front of Leo if I wanted to be to beat him on the ranking, but I knew I needed a, a certain um, like four four five places uh, gap between uh, me and Vasco. So it still wasn't like on my control because yeah, uh, if if he was uh, staying on the same group, there was no other chance to to win. But like to win the championship, so I was just I kept focusing on the on the race, thinking okay, try to win the race, and then maybe there will there will be a, a good surprise. <laughs> And you can't have that that much awareness of exactly who's around you, right? Especially like over that last 500 meters, it's just you're just seeing limbs, you're just seeing the line, you know where you want to get. I had a pretty good idea of so where everybody was, and uh, I used to run on a on a track, and I did some uh, track and field competition. So I was really happy to finish on the track because I had my my marks. Uh, okay. I, I I knew exactly. Uh, where where I was because because it was a, a track, um, but, but um, the most surprising is that uh, uh, Tim Elwick was pushing for from for a long time, like the last one kilometers and half, I think. Yeah. But so so I thought he was start struggling like two or three hundred meters from the finish line because he, he have done some so much uh, work, but. Actually, he did. Yeah, he, he didn't, and he pushed even harder uh, at the on the blue carpet. So yeah, he was really strong, and that that was the biggest surprise. Yeah, but so yeah, I I I remember thinking like just before the the blue carpet, okay, don't don't miss this opportunity because you don't know when will be the next one. When I knew that I had the the title. Uh, I was laughing all the time, like on the podium and stuff. But because it was a big surprise, you know, I couldn't believe it. So it wasn't. Yeah, it was just like a nervous, uh, nervous love. <laughs> yeah. Were you able to have a little moment of celebration and and have some good times with the team? Yeah, exactly. That's why I I was supposed to race like the week after the. On Tevedra in a World Cup in Tangier, but that's why I, I didn't go there to take time to to see all my friends, uh, family, to yeah, to really appreciate the the title. Yeah, because now that uh, I had uh, many years in the sport, I know that when there is a, a a really good moment, you have to enjoy it because it it not lasts forever. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah, I I took time to appreciate it, ah. but at the same time, uh, uh, I managed to start doing something else to to keep. Uh, yeah, you you have to keep going. Like once it's done, it's done. <laughs> yeah, and timing wise, to do it, you know, the year before the Olympics, and yeah, you're. The, yeah, the sponsors must have been delighted. I bet the phone was running red hot, wasn't it? Has it? Has 
you know, the, the title, has everything, has it opened some new doors of the sponsors? You know, it's going to be, it's, it's the, it's the home games coming up. You'll go in and as world champion, it's like. For yeah. now, with the sponsors, not that much, but I'm working on it. I will, I will not see in like a few weeks if it helps me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, obviously with the, the press in France, uh, because there was the Olympics next year, there was a lot of things. Um, it, it's kind of nice, uh, but uh, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I suppose, yeah, there's, there's something for, you know, you want to almost go into the Olympics a bit like you went into Ponte Vedra, right? Not as the favourite, not as the name on everyone's li lips, but yeah, is there something to be said for sort of trying to play it a bit low-key going into the games now? Obviously, having the qualification dialed in is, is brilliant, but... I mean, there's still there's still one criteria that has to be met, isn't there? Even for you, for Cassandra, for yeah, exactly. We if we want to make sure to confirm the the qualification, we need the top six on the Olympic distance uh, next year, or right. podium on the sprint sprint distance. Okay, but all the way we we lost we lose the like the the criteria, and we are back. On the same line as the other, but in reality, that's highly unlikely. To... I'm trying to not focus that much uh, on this criteria because I know that uh, if I want to be good uh, in the Olympics, I need to be in a good shape. Like since the beginning, I, I mean, except if there is an injury or something, could explain that uh, I'm not really well but uh all the way i i without speaking to the federation i i also want to be in a wood shape in the beginning of the year so i'm not focusing on the criteria because uh it's also my uh my objective my my goal yeah 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 true and pierre obviously delighted oh. pierre lacour is the other name in the in the same boat as you so um yeah i guess it's perhaps most people wouldn't have necessarily thought that it would be Van Sant and Leo that are the two names that are sort of... Yeah, exactly. That. <laughs> that, yeah, that's part of it. You can uh, change very fast in one way or in the other way. But, uh, yeah, it's yeah, there is still a lot of work to do before next year. And I want to stay in the same mindset that I was this year. So keep the focus on one step step at a time, and uh, not uh, uh, change the the way the yeah the way I think because uh, I had a good year or a good title. Like uh, it will be still a lot of uh, work with the sport uh, psychologist to yeah. to come. <laughs> it's kind of ringing red hot. Yeah, yeah. So does that mean like? Is this off season now like more important than ever? Are you are you usually like a try and switch off for a month, couple of months kind of guy, or keep a ticket over? Is it more? Is there anything? What what are you trying to get out of the next couple of months that um you know that only an off season can afford you to do really? Uh yeah, I want to to stay focused on the thing that I know work for me. Um, 
the to stay in the yeah in the dynamic that uh, I know is the best for me, which is uh, not thinking too much about what happened and uh, what I think uh, my uh, my level is, and just doing the thing that I enjoy and thinking about what I'm doing now and not uh, later or whatever. So yeah, now or it's holidays and I'm going to have uh, three weeks uh, off to, to, yeah, to feel better <laughs> because I think it's important and yeah. then uh, I will start training again, but there was a lot, still a lot of time uh, before even the beginning of the next season. So yeah, I don't want to, to rush anything. Yeah. Keep it cool, keep it. But I guess, yeah, even even if you're not in and around Paris, being in France, the the hype around the games must be super hard to avoid, right? And it's only going to, like, maybe not no, much it, now, but exactly. it kicks in. Every other advert or every poster on the street or there's going to be stuff that's just inevitably going to get the feelings going again, right? And how do you have to avoid that? Yeah, exactly. Like, everybody that are not into triathlon speak me already a lot about Olympics and I think uh, next year in Paris like the weeks before it's going to be crazy but uh, if I could uh, manage to be a bit like a robot you know and just keep answering without emotion it will be the best so I will try to to work on that but we will see after the race if I manage to to do that or not. <laughs> yeah, God, yeah. Well, if you manage to keep a lid on it until then, and you hit that podium, I imagine it's going to be quite quite the outpouring. Um, yeah, yeah. Particularly after Tokyo, no fans there. To to the prospect of either individually or as a team crossing that line or hitting that podium in front of. A huge Parisian crowd like that that test event must have just started to get that feeling going as well yeah yeah it will be crazy like uh, French are really good uh, supporters uh, if you if you win the race maybe not that much if you are having a bad race but if you are if you win the race they are definitely really good supporters yeah <laughs> yeah and again, Tokyo, I guess like that that mixed relay gives you plenty to build on, right? Like, you know, yeah, it was it was really nice to get the, this first medal, Olympic medal. But at the end, at, at at the same time, we wanted more because of what we did in the years before Tokyo as a team. But uh, yeah, it's it's, uh, it's the the spots like. You have to to be ready on the on the good day, and it was, yeah, it was uh, better than nothing. But for for sure, once you have done a bronze medal, you want to to taste the the gold, <laughs> and uh, and I think also because uh, triathlon is an individual sports, um, it will be. Maybe even crazier to to get an individual medal, even if I really love racing as a team and doing team relays because they are really 
excited and and because yeah it's really different to to race with a team but uh yeah there was a lot of thing to do yeah for sure but yeah that solo medal i guess regardless of if either you're celebrating the individual performance or it's left you wanting something more then that relay is really gonna yeah to have that second opportunity at a games that you obviously never had in rio to fight back is gotta be great isn't it it's really nice to have these two opportunities because it's really different and it's also twice more chance to (laughs) to get to me that yeah yeah well really appreciate the time dorian i know you're fresh off the uh the race at the weekend did you manage to make it home at least because it's quite a long drive back home or no, you uh, we, we stayed there with the loop uh to enjoy the the waves <laughs> ah yeah nice nice um well yeah thanks it's been a uh it's brilliant watching you this season and seeing you picking your way to deliver the fireworks at the end um we look forward to plenty more next year yeah thank you thanks a lot <laughs> all right cheers Dorian.